Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then with, with you and your sons, then poured into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. She brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So, so the oil seized, it stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Father, we give you thanks for this great morning. We thank you, God, for your word. For, Lord, the flowers fade, the grass withers, but your word remains, Lord. And today we stand here receiving what you have for us, Lord. I pray, God, that you give us hearts that are willing for when we have hearts that are willing, Lord, you will perform a great work in our lives. And today, Lord, we pray that the seed that is shared here today, your word, that it may bear amazing fruit, that it may, that may, be, it may be planted in fertile soil, Lord. Father, we know that you have a purpose, that you have a great work, that you've started in each and every one of us. And we know, Lord, that the work that you've started, you will finish. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Today's word, today's message is titled, What God Can Do Through Ordinary You. And uh, I'd like to start off with an illustration. My kids uh, come here to the youth group every, um, every Friday night, and they're blessed, and they come home all the time. And Brother Will shares an amazing word to them on Friday nights. Um, and, uh, and now with uh, Pastor Joey, uh, uh, Brian now being in sixth grade. But week after week, I tell you, my kids love it. And they miss it. They get so upset when they miss their Friday nights. Whether we've got something going on, whether even when we're on vacation, they're like, Dad, we love to be on vacation. But, man, it just stinks we're missing Friday night. They love it. And, and, and that's my heart, that they would love the things of the Lord and, uh, and, and have the zeal for it. Where that, that if they don't have it around, that they miss and, and, they, and, they, and, and they get upset and they, and they get frustrated. This isn't right. This isn't right. But well, we can have church wherever we're at. And uh, they, they seek the presence of God. So one of the things that they brought back one day, and it's an illustration that I'm going to take this one from Will. And uh, one of the illustrations they brought back, they always bring back these illustrations. Everything Will shares, and he's always got these props going on, um, and, the, and the messages he preaches. The kids bring this back, and they, and they bless us in the house. So um, this right here is just ordinary you. And, uh, and, and just like an ordinary ball, just, it, it just bounces just ordinarily. It doesn't go any higher than it's supposed to. And then this ball right here represents God. And so when you put yourself in the midst of God, and you bounce with God, and you go everywhere with God, it's not just ordinary you. This is you through God. And that's right. Who caught that? All right. It's good stuff. What an amazing illustration. Thank you, Will, for that. Where is he at? There he is. Um, and that's how God, that's what God does through ordinary people. Ordinary us. See, we just are normal, but with God, God grabs the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. 
And God always used ordinary people. He used Moses, who was just an ordinary person, just like you and us, just like you and I. And uh, he used David. He used Mary, just an ordinary young girl, to bring about the Savior of the world. He used ordinary disciples, 12 young men, to change the world. Just ordinary people, a fisherman, a tax collector, ordinary people just like you and I. God loves to take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. God loves to, he uses the foolish things of this world to put the wise to shame. That's what God loves to do through you. And just like in this story, the Lord uses just an ordinary woman, an ordinary woman, a widow. And God uses her so greatly to do an extraordinary work in her life. And so I, I want to start there in verse 1. And I'll tell you, if you've come here with a mess, God wants to grab your great mess and turn it into greatness. He wants to do great things in your life. And in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, it says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. I tell you, this woman was going through a lot to have lost her most precious possession, her, her husband, the priest of the house. And, and, and to tell, not only to tell Elisha, who's a prophet, telling him, hey, listen, he was my husband, he was your servant. But I want to, just to clarify, you know that your servant feared the Lord. He was a man of God. He's died I've lost him. He's a man of God. I don't understand why God would take him. I don't understand what, what I'm going through. And to top it all off, the creditors are coming after me because maybe we've got this debt and we can't pay for it and they're coming to take my sons to be his slaves. Think about this for a second. She's lost her husband who was a man of God, who was doing things right. And then on top of that, to have people coming after you to take away your children. And back in the day, that's, if, you didn't have, if you didn't have money, if you didn't pay your Amex bill, your American Express, they'd come and take your children. They'd be knocking at your door, American Express, where's the bill, where's the payment? You say, I don't got a payment. All right, Miguelito, you're coming with me. Jose, you're coming with me. Just like that, period. Or pay your debt. And so, so she was desperate. She wanted to do whatever it took. She went to Elisha, please help me. I've, I've already had enough to lose my husband. Now to lose my children? I can't bear this. I am in a desperate need. And I'll tell you, we all face times of desperate need. We all go, everybody at one point will go through a valley, or many times through a valley. Many of us will go through a storm, will go through a dry place. Everybody goes through hard times. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 that for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Every son, every son whom he receives, he chastens. He disciplines. And you say, not me. We're bearing fruit. Everything's going good with us. Jesus said, he who is bearing fruit, he prunes so that he may therefore bear more fruit. You see, he's either going to, if you're not bearing fruit, your life isn't bearing fruit, you will be cut and thrown into the fire. But if you're bearing fruit, you're still going to get cut, you're still going to get pruned, because when the pruning process happens, more fruit occurs. And so you will have times of difficult, desperate needs in your life. You will go through times like maybe this widow went through. And it may be just a pruning process in your life that the Lord is taking you through. Everyone has seasons of adversity. Many of you know what it is to kneel down and pray. But some of you know what it is to get on your face and pray and shed tears. And cry out to God so much that you just lose your voice. 
Some of you have hit rock bottom and, and have had that type of prayer. In fact, sometimes you don't even know what to pray because your mind can't even imagine just a better way, a way out. Just, I don't even know what to pray. God, just, you know, this situation helped me. And you cry it out. You shout it out. And you're praying for a miracle. God, you have to do this. God, you have to set me free from this. Tell your neighbor, the miracle is coming from what you have. And if you're writing notes or you have a Bible and you want to write, it's a great thing to write in your Bible. And you could write it there in 2 Kings chapter 4. You can put, the miracle is coming from what you have. God will use what you have to do the miracle. So here the woman is, in verse 1, she was crying out in desperate need, lost her husband, ready to lose her children. And in verse 2 it says, so Elisha said to her, what shall I do? What do you want me to do? Tell me, tell me something. What do you have in the house? He tells her. What do you got in your house? And then so she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And I got a jar of oil right here. This is all I got in my house. Nothing but a jar of oil. And I'll tell you, the miracle is going to come out of, the jar, uh, out of the oil. The miracle is going to come out of the oil. And oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit in the, in the Word. And there are, there are times in your life where I'll tell you, all you need is a dose of the Holy Ghost. All you need is to cry out. And with what you have, the Lord will do a miracle in your life. God's providing for her out of something she already had. And let's look through the Bible on that. I'm going to put this over here. God's providing for her out of something she already had. So let's look through the Bible because there's many times where the miracle came from something they already had. Many of you know the story of the loaves and the fishes, right? How many people did Jesus feed? 5,000. A lot of people. 5,000. 5,000. So, so Jesus had been teaching all day, preaching all day. And the disciples come to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, the people are hungry. You've been teaching an amazing word. We've been getting filled spiritually. People are getting healed. People are getting filled spiritually. But man, this tummy's starting to growl. And all these stomachs are starting to growl. We are starving. you got a lot of people going to start to get angry if you don't feed them. The people are hungry. How many people know that Jesus could have just like dropped the subway in the middle of the field right there? Just like that. Bam. That's not how God works. God didn't want it to happen that way. He wanted people to step out in faith. But instead, he tells the disciples to go and ask the people if they have any food. Go and ask the people if they got any food. Disciples say, look, and this is not in the Bible, I'm just paraphrasing. Lord, uh, um, I don't know if that's such a brilliant idea because if they had food, they wouldn't be hungry. And you're, going, you're telling me to go ask them if they got any food? They're hungry. If they had food, they wouldn't be asking for food. But they didn't do that. Instead, that's, that's probably what I would have done. But because he's Jesus, the Lord, they did what he said to do. He did whatever. The disciples always did whatever he asked. And they went around asking, do you got any food? And there was a no over here. I got no food. You got any food? Do you got any food? Do you got any food? 4,999 times do you got any food? Until there was a little boy. With his lunch bag, his lunch box, it says, I got some food. And so the disciples come back to Jesus. We got some food. But it isn't enough to feed 5,000 people. 
Jesus says, all right, just break it up, put it into baskets, and give it out to everyone. Serious? Just like that? How many know the Lord did the miracle with what they already had? The miracle came from that. David and Goliath, one of my favorite stories. I always like to grab somebody big like Gary. Is Gary in this place? We need, he's not here? Who? Carlos, where's he at? All right, come over here. Ooh, he's a big Goliath. That's right. Joseph, come over here. We got a David over here. I want you to stand over here, up on, on stage so people can see what a big man you are. How you doing, sir? Good morning. And we got David over here. He's a champion. He's got the heart of a champion. He's the only one. All his brothers are freaking out. All his brothers are saying, you're crazy what you're about to do. They put on the armor on him, ready to fight this giant. He's like, bring it on. They put on the armor, they're getting him ready with the sword, and he's like, it doesn't fit, it's just not quite, you just give me what I need, I just need a slingshot. That's right, I can do this with what I got right here. And how many people believe that it is truly a miracle for, for little David to shoot this slingshot and hit this giant on the head, and he's just gone for the count? How many people know that's a miracle? And I'll tell you, that's exactly what David did. He grabbed this slingshot, shot it at that giant. The giant's gone for the count. Let's give them a big hand. Thank you, guys. And I'll tell you that he had, that's all he had. I mean, I would have come out with machine guns and, you know, a shield and all that kind of stuff. But no, David was brave, and, and, and this is all he had. And all he had was enough for God to do the miracle. And you know what? You know what was great? That, that David made it clear. He didn't want to go around saying it was the slingshot that was going to slay this giant. In fact, in, in 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel, sorry, chapter 17, verse 47, 1 Samuel 17, 47, he wanted to make this clear. That all of Israel shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. He wanted to make that clear. He wanted to make clear that it ain't by the sword, it ain't by the slingshot, because the battle is the Lord's. And when you give to the Lord what you have, and you say, God, this is all I've got, though it seems impossible in your life, to knock out that giant in your life. Whatever the giant is, however big it seems, it is a miracle to knock it down with what you got. But the battle isn't yours. The battle is of the Lord's. And he's telling you to use what you got to step out in faith with what God has given you. And when you do that, God performs the miracle. This one freaks me out. Moses with his rod. I'll tell you. Here we got it. Man, he turned this into a snake one time. He did a lot of miracles with what God's given him here. And, but one of the greatest ones of all was when, when he was with the people of God. And he took them out of Egypt. And they're coming. And, they're, and they reach the Red Sea. This is incredible. He, they reach the Red Sea. And they're at, at a dead end. And then all the, the, the enemies were coming, coming to destroy them. They're all looking around. They're doubting, what now, Moses? What are you going to do? What is God going to do now? Seriously, this is what you brought us to? You should have just left us back at Egypt. But the Lord will do the miracle with what you already have. The Bible says that he extended, he stretched out his hand. I'll tell you, that takes a lot of faith to just believe that you're going to part a sea in half. That blows my mind. What an incredible miracle. It wasn't Moses that did the miracle. It was God that did the miracle. But he had to use what he had. And when you use what you have, God will do the miracle in your life. And you know what? The Lord will take you through that Red Sea. 
And he'll take you all the way through. And the Bible says that when the sea went down, all the enemies were drowned in there. And I'll tell you, when you use what God has given you, God will do the miracle and God will destroy all your enemies. God will destroy all your giants. God will use what you already have to do the miracle in your life. Jesus turns the water into wine. It's the first miracle Jesus performed. But I love what someone said. And we're going to go there in John chapter 2. But they ran out of wine in the wedding. They ran out of wine. There was no more. What do we do? And in, and in John chapter 2 verse 5, I love what it says. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, you do it. Period. It's not a question. It's not a suggestion. I'm telling you, whatever he says for you to do, you do it. Period. Whatever the Lord tells you what to do, you do it. And so Jesus told them, I believe it's in the next verse, to grab six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. These were huge containers, 20 to 30 gallons. I have a hard time carrying a few gallons of milk when I bring them home from Publix. I do, do a few gallons of milk with four children in the house. I don't know how they drink all that, but I come home with a few gallons of milk. When I go to Publix. And it gets heavy when I got the bags and then some milk. And my fingers are killing me. You guys know the feeling, right? But these were 20 to 30 gallons a piece. I can't do that on my own. I need like Gary. Maybe Gary could do that. Carlos can do that. You need some giants to carry that. Or, or a few giants to carry that. And then, so yeah, you can carry it. But in verse 7, it says, fill them up with water. Fill the water pots with water. I'll tell you, 20 to 30 gallons of water to carry that. It takes a lot of faith. I can just imagine the servant saying, I don't know what Jesus is about to do, but this seems so ridiculous. People are going to laugh at us. People are going to ridicule us. And we're filling this up and we're taking it over here. And, and, and what did the mother say? Do whatever he says to do. Well, just, I'm just going to do whatever he says to do. This, this seems impossible. I'm going to go and grab, you know, and all these guys grabbing these pots of water and taking it over here, taking it over there. And God did the miracle. God did the miracle with what they already had. God will use what you have. I'll use one of these bottles just so you guys can have some illustration. There's water right here. So you never forget that. That God will use with what you already have. All they had was water. All they had was a water pot. Six water pots. But God did the miracle with what they already had. And there are many more, but I want to tell you one more. Jesus and the mud. Jesus and the blind man. John chapter 9, verse 6. This one's like the, one of the weirdest things God did, miracles. Sometimes God will do some weird things in your life, but all you care is about getting through that miracle. You're like, God, do whatever it takes. I don't care how weird it looks. I don't care what people say. Just get me through this. And when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay. I mean, I was like, I would be saying, Jesus, what in the world are you doing right now? He's, he's shooting a hawker right in the ground, mixing up the dirt. And what is he about to do? I, 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 disciples must be freaking out right now. He's like, he's lost his mind. And so he does that. And with that, he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Sometimes the Lord will use what's around you to perform a miracle in your life. The people around you, the things around you, all because you have faith. This blind man had faith knowing that he just comes to Jesus. I know you're the man that could heal. Jesus performed a miracle. And sometimes all you got to do is step out in faith. Let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 4. 
Let's go back to the story. So we know this, this woman again had, she had lost her husband, ready to lose her children, saying, what, what shall I do? Go into your house. In verse 2, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And so Elisha says in verse 3, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. In other words, get a lot of them. Gather up a lot of vessels. And when you come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all these vessels and set aside the full ones. She has no idea what's going to happen. But the man of God tells her to just go to your neighbors and knock on their doors. Excuse me. I just lost my husband. And I need some empty jars. People, the guy looks at her and says, you lost your husband and you need some empty jars. For what? Why? I don't know. How many do you need? As many as you have. And quick. And so, so she went from place to place. Got an empty jar around here. So she went from place to place. And I want to tell you, notice just the hard work she had to go through. She's gathering up all that she can. She's going from place to place. People must be saying she's crazy. She's lost it. But she's being obedient. And so as she starts to take her empty jar, the Bible says that when she shut the door behind her and started to pour in the vessels, she started to set aside full ones. So out of this little oil, that, that, that it just doesn't make sense. As she started to pour into the jar, into the vessel, it started to fill up. And she started to get the next one, and it started to fill up. And my point on this one is that you have to do what you can do first. God will do what we can't. But you got to do what you can do first. You've got to be the one to set yourself out of place and say, and, and set yourself and say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give what I have and the Lord will do the rest. And how many people know the Lord could have just dropped a huge jar of, an enormous jar of oil in her backyard? Just like, bam, just like that. But that's not how the Lord works. This is how the Lord worked. And this is how he works today. And we're all going to go through desperate times in our life. We're all going to go through our struggles. And we're all going to cry out to God, I hope. And when God tells you to move, you move. If he tells you to jump, you say, how high? If he tells you to turn left, you turn left. Don't do your own thing. Do the will of the Lord. The one of the greatest prayers you could ever do, say is what Jesus said, not my will, but yours will be done. That's one of the greatest prayers we can ever say. One of the greatest prayers we could ever do. It's not what I want. It's not what I think. I don't think this works, but it's not what I think. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to follow your lead. I'm going to follow your command. Even, even though it seems crazy, I know there's a purpose behind it. God will do what we can't. She couldn't fulfill the miracle in her life. She's going to lose her two kids. God wants to see that you give what you have first. And God will take it from there. You give God your best, he'll take care of the rest. You give him what you have to offer. God will do the miracle. The battle is of the Lord. Put this over here. Long time ago, we bought a, a, a drum set for Matthew. We brought instruments for the kids. And uh, Matthew's a very determined young man. Um, he just turned 10 years old. And uh, even at a young age, always determined to do something, fight for it, and competitive. And he just loves to accomplish things on his own. Like, I, I got this. And uh, that's who Matthew is. And so 
he's already gone through three drum sets. And these are all like, I'm talking about five-year-olds breaking the drum set and seven-year-olds breaking the drum set. And, and, and so he's got a broken drum set and it's all in pieces, destroyed. Um, and uh, he would hit that thing as a little kid just really hard and destroy it and not knowing what he's doing. But he's always been passionate about it. And for the last six months or so, he's saying, Dad, I want to get back on the drums. Like, I want to learn the drums. He goes, I want to play like Ariel plays up there. I already got the skills of sports like he does. I, I want to do the, the, the drum thing now because I want to serve the Lord with what I got. And, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah. And we don't got that much space in the playroom. And, and, and trust me, you don't want a huge drum set with that kid. He'll make that loud. The whole, the whole neighborhood will hear about it. But we've thought about it so many times. Let's get him a drum set because that one's destroyed already. And he, it's one of those little kid ones. And, and we were going to get him like a regular size one. And now he's like for real. And he's begging us, Dad, I want to do this. And me and Jenny have, have talked about it so many times. And let's just make room for it. Let's move the couch over. Let's put this corner. And let's just set up the drums. Well, you know what? Matthew got tired. And, and, and last night, out of all the nights, because I'm preparing for this message, out of all the nights, he's, I, we just start hearing noise in the playroom. And he starts to grab all these pieces together. He's putting things together. He's tidying it up. This drum set, when you kick it, it falls over. So he's like, no big deal. He puts it against the wall so it doesn't move. He's, he put this all together. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we start hearing the drums playing. We start hearing a beat because he had learned like a little beat here and there that, that, uh, that uh, Javi and Ariel had showed him. So he started to do this. And, and we're looking at each other like, where is that coming from? The drums were put away and they were destroyed. And, and, and so he comes out and says, Dad, come here, check this out. And we go in there and all the drums were all set up. Even though the thing's all beat up, even though the pedal doesn't work that well. He, in fact, he couldn't even find the sticks and he was using like some other stick he found and he's playing with what he had. And I'll tell you, I told him, Matthew, as I'm preparing for this, I'm like, I got to share this with him. I go, the Lord's going to bless you with what you have and what you've done. You have no idea what God's going to do in your life. Because you've stepped out in faith. You took what you had. You didn't need the big drum set. You just needed to step out. And God's going to do a great miracle in your life. You're going to be an incredible drum player for the Lord. And I'll tell you, that's what we need to do at times. Sometimes God's not looking for our abilities. He's looking for our availability. What do we have to offer? And if you have a gift or a talent, you need to offer it back to the Lord. Saying, how can I use this gift that I've got? Whatever the gift may be, offer it back to the Lord. Some people just don't do enough in their life. It's like the couple struggling, struggling with infertility. They can't have children. And they don't go see a doctor. And they'll just pray Commit it all to the Lord. That's great faith. But faith without works is dead. It's no good. You got to go do something about it. God's blessed us with, with amazing doctors. Not just to sit around and just have faith and say, God, I believe in your healing. That's awesome. That's great faith. But go see a doctor. Go see counsel. Or that single girl stuck in her room all day, all night, praying, God, bring me Prince Charming. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to go. I'm going to make sure that you bring him to me, and I'm going to be here in my room day and night seeking you. I'm going to shut off my phone, disconnect from the world. I don't know what you're waiting for, girl. Go outside. You got to do your part. Let God do the miracle. God will bring you a man. But don't just like sit there in your, I don't know, basement. No, get out of there. And God will bless you. Some of you going through financial issues. You got these credit card debts. You, you just cringe when you hear that word, credit card. Like, Ugh. And, 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 and we pray these powerful prayers when it comes to money, don't we? Huh? We say, in the name of Jesus. And you, and you pronounce Jesus like Jesus. You stress it. In the name of Jesus. I pray that you open up the heavens. 
Pour out your blessing and provision over our lives. Bless my hand. Everything I touch shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Prayers are powerful, aren't they, when it, come to, when it comes to money, right? But then you continue to use your credit card, get yourself deeper in the hole. You don't seek any advice. The prayer was good. But you continue to do your own thing. You don't honor God with what he's given you. You don't tithe. You rob God. You fear, I don't have enough to even tithe. And then you expect God to do a miracle. I'll tell you something. You need to do what God's called you to do. He's not telling you to get out of debt. That's the battle that the Lord will do. He's telling you what steps you need to do, and God will do the miracle of getting you out of debt. Step out in faith. Say, not my will, God, but your will be done. Some of us are struggling in, your, in their marriage. Can't get along. Can't communicate with one another. Fighting all the time. Mentioning divorce in their relationship. Giving up. But then they start to say, you know what, let's pray. Let's pray about this. The man prays and said, God, help this woman that you've given me. Oh, please, that she may stop nagging in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus, she may start to cook better food. No. Why don't you start to cook? Why don't you start to serve? Why don't you start being the man that God's called you to be in your home? Take the role that God's called you to take. If men would just rise up in their house and do their part, many times God will do a miracle. If women were to just do what God's called them to do, follow the pattern, period. God's not expecting you to be perfect. That's God's job. God's, God's expecting you to follow the pattern. Husband, do your role. Wives, do your role. And God will take care of the rest. And together your marriage will be restored. Guaranteed. Simple as that. Simple formula. But many people don't take action. Some people have got the faith, but they don't got the works when it comes to it. Because there's a lot of disrespect in their talk. There's a lot of selfishness in their actions. Where it's all about me, myself, and I, 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 and her, she's this and she's that. Some of us, the children are out of control. Woo! What I do with these children? And we pray for our children. We pray that God may do the miracle, but we don't take apart some time to spend with them. We're into our own thing. And we expect God to do a miracle just by our prayer, our, our shout, or in the name of Jesus prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. But you need to do what God's called you to do. For you to spend time with your children. For you to love them. For you to impact them. That you may share the word of God with them. That you may pray with them. God will do the rest. I'm not expecting you. God's not expecting you for you to be a perfect father or a perfect mother. But for you to step out in faith and say, that's it. I'm going to cut out of work at, at, at 5 o'clock and I'm going to go and make it to my son's ball game. Because I've missed it all season. It means nothing more to, to a child. I'll tell you, I'll never forget. It's funny because it's, 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 it, it just, Matthew makes us laugh the most. And uh, when he would play and he was a lot younger, and I remember he, he hit a double, his very first double. And he makes it over to second base. And he's just looking around, where's dad? And there he is. And he's like, yeah. he's like it's all excitement. All he wanted was that affirmation. He didn't care about the double. He was like, did dad see what I did? Amen. Period. And then he, so he's on second base. And they hit a shot to the outfield. And he's running home. And, and as he's running home, he's looking at me. He's going like this. And I'm going, no, look at home. And, and, and so 
that's all the child wants. And there's a young child, right? This is when he's uh, five, six years old. But that, all it takes is just some time sometimes. That's how children spell love, T-I-M-E. And if you do what God's called you to do, God will do the miracle. God will start to change your children. Your children will not do what you say, but what you do. Those of you in school praying that you may get the right grades. Oh God, that you just may give me the wisdom that I need to get an A on this test. And then you go out with your friends to the movies. When you should be home studying, hitting those books. And then in the morning, Lord, give me the wisdom in the name of Jesus. And you expect an A. Why, Lord, didn't you give me an A? Why didn't you hit those books? Why didn't you study? Sometimes we want the miracle to just come out of nothing. But you don't set time apart to study and to work diligently. The apostles were preaching and they were under this tremendous pressure and persecution in, in the book of Acts. And you guys have heard all these stories in the book of Acts. And so these, these disciples, they were always out there preaching, boldly preaching. And they were persecuted. But when I read this verse, I was so touched by this. Acts chapter 5, verse 40. And so, they, so because they were preaching, they got arrested, they got beaten and it says, and they agreed with him, and they had called for the apostles and beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and then let them go. Verse 41. So they departed from the presence of the Lord, presence of the council, sorry. Rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. How many people rejoice when they're suffering? Very few, right? Especially when you're suffering for the cause of the name of Jesus Christ. The disciples were doing this. Sometimes... We lose our joy over one thing. Just one thing that God hasn't done. We lose our joy completely. God hasn't done this. That's it. I'm done. I throw in the towel. I'm finished. And, but we fail to rejoice in all the things he has done in our life. God's done so many things. So many things that it's enough to rejoice. And if we're suffering, it's to count it worthy to suffer for his name's sake. Because God, I'm doing your will and I'm suffering. Therefore, I just got to rejoice. Because you're, you've been always good to me. You're good all the time. And when you see that you have a good God, even in your bad times, even in your valley, and you know that he's with you, you will be more than an overcomer. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Can that be really our prayer? Can we rejoice, Lord, you're with me? I know, you, I'm, I know this may be a big pruning process in, in my life, but I know there's going to be great fruit that's going to come out of this. Something good's got to come. It's going to come from you because I don't see it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. But you can do it. And I'll tell you, praise is one of the greatest offerings we could ever offer God. Sometimes we got nothing, and all we can give is our praise. And God will do the miracle with your praise. He did that with Paul and Silas when they were in, in prison for serving the Lord. They were beaten, they were in chains, and it says at midnight, when you least expect it, in the midnight hour, they would praise the Lord, and all the chains were broken, they were set free. Sometimes all you got to do is praise God. And with that praise, God can do the miracle. Continually praise Him. Let's keep reading. We're in 2 Kings chapter 4. 
Let's go back to 3, verse 3. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather, just a few. Verse 4, and you shall come in, and you shall shut the door behind you, and your sons then poured into all those vessels, and get aside, and set aside the full ones. So as you start to fill them up in verse 5, so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Verse 6, now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil stopped flowing. They ran out of vessels. Nothing wrong with that because we don't got to go there. But the next verse says that she was able to pay off all the debt with that and even live with what she made from selling that oil. But the but go back to verse 6. How many believe that if she would have had 10 more vessels, the oil would have kept on going? If she would have had just 10 more, it would have kept on going. And the oil stopped because there was no more vessels. God fills only what we offer. Whatever you offer to God, that's what God fills. If you offer more to God, God will fill more. And God will continually fill your life. And just like oil represents the Spirit of God, God will continually pour out His Spirit in your life. And where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. And you'll have this joy incredible in your life that when you are in your tough times, you're going to want to rely on that joy. I believe these disciples had that joy. And they were able to rejoice even in the tough times. To rejoice for the word, to, to be worthy of the suffering of Jesus Christ, I mean, that doesn't make, doesn't add up, just, but when you've got the joy of the Lord, you really got it, you've got the flowing of the Spirit in your life, even in your good times, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and you'll be able to rejoice, and there, I'm telling you, there are times of mourning in your life, the Lord knows that, and there are times when you're on your knees crying, and every tear that falls, the Lord knows, Every cry that you shout to him, he knows. He hears it. It's a pruning process. When we stop bringing, God stops pouring. Let's stand this morning. Let's have the worship team come up. I'll tell you, we need to stop praying how and when prayers. And we need to stop, start praying what prayers. And that's it, period. Stop praying, how are you going to do this, God? When are you going to do this? Just tell him what your needs are, period. God's going to do the miracle. He's the one that's going to require of you what you're going to do. Let God figure out the how and the when. That's not your job. That's God's job. He's an amazing God. It doesn't make sense how it's going to happen. It doesn't make sense when it's going to happen. It, that God, that's in your hands. You just know my need. You just know my situation. What is an area in your life? What, what must we offer most of all to God? What is the greatest thing that we can offer most of all to God? What is it? It's our lives. It's our heart. It's our availability. Saying, God, here I am. It's ourselves. What is an area in your life that you most need to see God work in your life? What's that area in your life? That you are looking for God to do a miracle that you most need Him most. Maybe you have a coldness in your marriage. There's just this hardness in the hearts of both of you. How quickly do we come to the place where we just close our hearts and the oil stops flowing? We get to the point where we say, that's it, 
put this away. How easy is it to do that? And the oil stops flowing. Simple. Easy. That's the easiest thing to do is just to put that away. But then the oil stops flowing. God wants to do the miracle in you. But you need to be available for that. You need to offer it to him. Maybe you have a prodigal child and you have these nights of, of darkness. You have these uncertainty in your heart. What's going to happen to him, to her? Offer it to God. Expect God to do the miracle. Don't give up even if you have to call and say you're sorry. You say you're sorry. Even if you have to say I love you. Let's spend time together. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better mother. Do whatever it takes. Whatever God calls you to do. And expect God to do the miracle. Don't give up. Don't put away the jar and say that's it. I give up. The oil will stop flowing. Maybe you're wanting to have a child and you haven't been able to. I've seen time and time again, just recently a good friend of mine was able to, they were able to give birth to a child after four years of just battling that. Four years of just, God, fill it. God, do the miracle. Not giving up. Calling him up and say, don't give up, man. I'm praying for you. I know God will do the miracle. If it's his will, it's going to happen. And God did it. And how many know that God could have just made that happen day one? But it was a pruning process for them. There was a purpose all behind it. We may not understand it. Sometimes we don't understand what God is doing. But God's at work. And the work that God's done in each and every one of you He's got a purpose for it, and he's going to finish it. Maybe there's a sickness in your body. And you just want a healing from God. Don't give up, and don't put that, don't put that cup away. Maybe you, you're here in this room full of people, and you feel... And you just feel alone. Even in this room filled with people, you feel alone where you're at. God's given you an incredible family. I'll tell you, the people that have gone through the worst in this place have been healed because of the family in this place. Incredibly people that have come to the rescue, people that have been there for them, people that have been fathers to those that are fatherless, mothers to those that are motherless. God used what was around them. We just needed to accept that. We just needed to receive that and say, here I am, Lord. Do the miracle, and he has for so many people in this place. And it hurts to be honest. It hurts to, to hold up an empty vessel and just trust and wait God to fill it. It hurts to just like, just watch that and just watch it and just stare at it and just stare at it. When, God? Don't ask when. Just wait. Keep praying. Keep seeking Him diligently. Let God fill it. Let God pour His presence in you. Let God do the miracle in your life. Don't give up. Don't put it away. It's easy just to cut it off and say it'll never be. That's for others. That's not for me. But how much better is it to soften our hearts? How much better is it to humble ourselves? How much better is it to just offer ourselves to the Lord? I tell you, uh, one of the most incredible things that, uh, that I've seen is when our pastor stepped out in faith. He stepped out in faith 15 years ago. And, and, and the Lord called him to be a pastor. And he stepped out and at a point he left his law practice making lots of money. Gave it all up. Gathered people together in a little house. Praising the Lord. 
that there was a huge God in that little house, in that little room. And God started to do a move in that place. And today there are, there are marriages restored because of that step of faith. Today there are families that are restored. I thank God so much every day for the vision of this church. It's challenged my manhood to step up and to take my role that God's called me to take. All because God used a vessel, our pastor, to just step out in faith. Looked empty. I don't know what's going to happen out of this. But wow, hasn't there been a pouring of oil and just nonstop of empty vessels coming and participating and receiving from that miracle in our lives? It wasn't pastor who did the miracle. It was God who did the miracle. It was just a, a vessel that said, here I am. A vessel that stepped out of faith that just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to cut your, his law practice and just go and serve the Lord when you're making lots of money. What, how am I going to make money now? I have no idea. That's, uh, it just, it doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm just praying for what? Not the how's going to happen, the when. I, just I'm, right now, here I am, Lord. And the Lord's done a miracle. And it hasn't been easy. You ask him and it hasn't been easy. Today, I, I want to challenge you. And I encourage you, if you feel led, to just... Uh, If you want right where you're at just to cup your hands like this you can do it if you want to do it you don't have to you can cup your hands you can close your eyes you can bow your head and just say here I am Lord this is what I have to offer you and you say I'm, a, I'm looking foolish and the woman looked foolish asking for some vessels and say God here I am here's my cup And that represents the greatest need in your life. The greatest need in your family. The greatest need in your ministry. And pray, pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, come and fill this. As we sing this song, if you're standing here in this place, and maybe you're going through a struggle, and you're waiting on the Lord, there's nothing, to cry, there's nothing better than to cry out to the Lord. And offer your lives as an offering. Here I am, Lord. As we sing this song, the altar is open. And we, we expect that God will fill you in this place. Say, here I am, Lord. Worship Him. One of the greatest things we can offer is praise to our God. If you need a filling of God in your life, for Him to pour His Spirit, say, here I am. It's not your will, but my, it's not my will, but your will be done. Surrender yourselves to Him. You can lift up your hands. You can put your cups before Him. Even if it's empty, He will fill it. As we sing this song, you are welcome to come to the altar. Give Him your life. Thank you, Jesus. My God, you never will. And I may be weak, but your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will, and I may be weak, but your spirit's strong in me, my flesh may fail, but my God, you never will, give me faith to trust what you say.
tell you don't let this altar call be the only opportunity in your life to pull out your vessel don't give up and if you're a, a couple in this place and you're battling in your marriage don't put away your jar and just try to figure it out on your own and give up and throw in the towel seek help pull out the jar and say I need help we're willing we are willing to do whatever it takes Let God do the miracle. Father, we give you thanks. We thank you, God, for the incredible work of your hand. And Lord, at times we don't understand, Lord, what you do. We don't understand, Father God, for you work sometimes in mysterious ways. But we know that you're God. And we know that you're in control. And we know that you're with us, that we do know, that you love us, Lord, you love us dearly, and that you never let us go. But I pray that you give us a faith, faith to move a mountain, faith to destroy our giants, and that we may act in that faith so that the miracle can occur, so that you can perform what you've want to perform and when to perform it today Lord we place our trust in you God I pray that we may not give up that we may not walk out of this place and throw in the towel and, and close our vessel up because that's the easy route but that we may take the narrow path that leads to righteousness that we may go through that pruning process trusting in you 
believing in you that you will straighten our paths that we trust you with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding not what we think not what we know but trusting you what you can do for the battle is of the Lord's it is your work it is your miracle we thank you father in Jesus name we pray amen hallelujah hallelujah God bless you you are dismissed